So this is our back to school with God service. And I suppose the start of any new school year is a bit of a milestone. Can you give me a wave if you're starting school or nursery or maybe you've already started or college or university, anybody? Yeah, a few waves up there. Fantastic. Any staff going back? Any teachers? Yeah, one or two. Fantastic. Well, it's great to see you today. I hope you all know that as a church family, we're thinking about you, cheering you on, praying for you. You return to school or wherever you're going with our prayers. But not only that, we want to be reminded this morning that we go back to school with God. And we know that schools and nurseries and further education in the last year have had a bit of a tough time. We know that you've been disrupted with coronavirus. So it's good to come together today and draw strength from God and express our love and care and to support those of you who are involved in schools. And to help us to do that today, we're going to look at a story from the Bible together. It's a story about a boat and a breakfast. Now that might be a bit funny. What has a boat and a breakfast got to do with going back to school? Well, hopefully we're going to find out very soon. And I'm going to invite Jill now to come forward and read this to us from the Bible. So boys and girls, listen very, very carefully as Jill reads. And look out on screen as well for some pictures to help you follow along in the story. Thanks, Jill. John chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. Later, Jesus showed himself to his followers by Lake Galilee. This is how it happened. Some of the followers were together. They were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the two sons of Zebedee, and two other followers. Simon Peter said, I am going out to fish. The other followers said, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. They fished that night, but caught nothing. Early the next morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the followers did not know that it was Jesus. Then he said to them, friends, have you caught any fish? They answered, no. He said, throw your net into the water on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did this. They caught so many fish that they could not pull the net back into the boat. The follower whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Peter heard him say this, he wrapped his coat around himself and then he jumped into the water. The other followers went to the shore in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. They were not very far from the shore, only about a hundred yards. When the followers stepped out into the boat, stepped out of the boat and onto the shore, they saw a fire of hot coals. There were fish on the fire and there was also bread. Then Jesus said, bring some of the fish you have caught. Simon Peter went into the boat and pulled the net to the shore. It was full of big fish. There were 153. Even though there were so many, the net did not tear. Jesus said to them, come and eat. None of the followers dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. 
Jesus came and took the bread and he gave it to them. He also gave them the fish. This was now the third time Jesus showed himself to his followers after he was raised from the dead. Cool. Have you ever thought, I can do this on my own, or I don't need any help? I want to tell you about a time I'd done this, right? A few years ago, I was learning to drive, right? And I thought, I am the best driver in the world, right? I thought, I am very, very good. I'd been out with my dad a few times, and I'd started lessons. So there was a day my dad and I went out, and we were driving through Dundonald, and I was driving, and I was like, I'm pretty good at this. And there was a load of cars parked up a curb here, and a load of cars parked up the curb here. And my dad said to me, right, just take it easy. Let's slow down here, because it's a wee bit tight. Now, in my head, I was going, you've only been driving 30 years. I've been driving 30 days, right? I know what I'm doing, right? And I'm like, I don't need to take it easy. I know my car. I know I can fit here. And I'm driving along, and I hear something that I never want to hear again, right? I hear something that I never want to hear my dad do again or anyone in my car do. I'm going to try and recreate it, so beware. It was something like, ah! I grabbed my steering wheel and pulled me over away from the cars, right? I was heading straight into the back of this parked car, but my dad thankfully grabbed the steering wheel and moved me away. Now, I thought I could do it on my own, right? I thought I was a really good driver. I thought I didn't need any help. Thankfully, my dad knew better, and my dad was with me. And we're going to come back to that, okay? But first, I want to see who's awake this morning. I want to do a wee quiz. And we're heading back to school. Some people are already back, and some people are going back on Monday or Tuesday. Bank holiday Monday. So I'm going to put up a few pictures on the screen, and I want you to shout out. Don't worry about being quiet, because I'm going to need to hear you. So as loud as you can, what you see on the screen. Lunchbox. Clark, you were very fast for that one. Good man. Lunchbox. Yes. School bag. These are very good at this. Next. Shoes. Have you already seen these slides? Yes. Shoes. Books. What else? Pencils. And our last one. Tie. I tell you what, you were a lot faster at that than I thought. You would be, you were getting to within like even one second of it being on. So you are very good. We recognize them because we're familiar with school. We know school, right? You guys are going back and you know what it's like. And I wonder if you ever thought, what was school like 2,000 years ago? Okay. Have any of us ever thought that? Maybe not, okay? But I want you to think about that now. What was school like 2,000 years ago? Now, it wasn't like what it is now. There was no iPads. There was no interactive whiteboards. None of those, okay? There wasn't even these like felt pens, these coloring things. You couldn't do it. School wasn't even taught by teachers. In fact, most of the time, school was taught by your parents. And you didn't learn like math. You didn't learn English. You didn't have to read all these poetries. But in fact, school was basically a dad teaching his son what he does and how to do it. So the disciples would have experienced this. And we heard in the story about a guy called Simon. And his dad was likely a fisherman. And that's what he taught Simon Peter how to do. 
okay? Simon, also known as Peter. So they taught him how to fish. So Peter gets to this stage where he thinks he's an expert fisherman and he moves away from it and he follows Jesus. And at this point in the story, Jesus has died and he's risen again. It said in the video, did anyone hear? This was the third time the disciples had seen Jesus after his resurrection. Okay, yeah, a few of you heard that. I saw a couple of hands going up. So there was loads of excitement. The disciples were buzzing, but it was also overwhelming. So Peter decides, I need a wee time to relax, right? I need a wee time to get back into this, into the swing of things and to just calm my head. So he decides I'm going to go fishing. And some of his friends go along with him. They go out in this boat. They know everything there is they know about fishing because they've been learning about it all their life. And they go out and they do an all-nighter. If any has ever done an all-nighter at a sleepover, you can put your hands halfway up. You don't have to let your parents see. Yeah, yeah, a few of you. Yeah. They decide to do an all-nighter, right? Because that is the best time to catch fish. And so they're out. They're putting the nets out and they're ready to go. They have done this all their life. They know how to do it. And they're out there, and there's waves splashing, and they're probably soaking, and the night keeps going on, and eventually we get the morning. And guess what they've caught? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they decide we're giving up. This has been a disaster. I'm wet. We're heading back. They admit defeat. I wonder what they might have felt like. Think about what they would feel like. Embarrassed, humiliated, like losers. They're heading back and they see a figure. They see someone standing at the edge of the beach and they don't recognize them. We knew from the story that it was Jesus, but the disciples, because of the time in the morning, it's quite dark. They don't know who it is. And they look out and that figure looks at them. Now, at this stage, they're still feeling they're defeated. And maybe we felt like that over the past 18 months. Okay? We've put a lot of effort into school. Some of us have went into big school, and it hasn't looked like it was supposed to. It's been online. Some of the times, our parents are like they were 2,000 years ago, and they became our teachers. Yeah? They became our teachers. Some of us liked that. Some of us didn't like that. I've heard a few stories. But we felt this isn't how it's supposed to be. There's a challenge there's disappointment. And the disciples are feeling that. And they're coming in and they see this figure and the figure shouts to them, put the net on the other side. Now, if it was me and I had been fishing my whole life, I'd be like, what do you know? I've done everything right here. But the disciples are like, do you know what? We'll give it a go. And again, right now, they don't recognize it's Jesus, but they go, we'll give it a go. And so they lift the net up and they put it on the other side. And what happens? Who was listening? What happens? Go and shout it out. They get loads of fish. They get loads of fish. They get so much fish that they can't even lift it back in. Doing what we're told is sometimes hard. Sometimes we don't want to listen to people who might know better than us, just like me whenever I was driving with my dad. We don't want to always listen to people who know might, that might know better than us. But they then recognize that this person was Jesus, and Jesus was wise. And even though Jesus wasn't a fisherman, he was able to tell them how to get fish. He performed a miracle. Now, Peter never imagined this would happen. He had tried and he failed, but Jesus made it possible. 
There's a verse in Psalm 33 and it says, so our hope is in the Lord, he is our help. What this is basically saying is we can rely on Jesus. The disciples were able to rely on Jesus for something that they thought they knew more than him about. Sometimes when we're going into school, there's a temptation. There's a temptation to think, I don't need help. There's a temptation to think, I'm really good at my exams. I'm really good at all my work. I'm really sporty. I know all my friends. And we're like, we can do this alone. But here's one of the amazing things about Jesus. He is so, so wise, right? And Jesus wants to come with you into school. Jesus wants you to follow him in school. Jesus wants to help you. Now, what I'm not saying is you can just put out your homework and Jesus is going to go in and fill it in. That's not how it works, okay? But Jesus is saying, in fact, there's something better about school whenever I'm with you. Jesus is wanting to guide you. The things Jesus has taught us, to love our neighbors, to love those people who annoy us, to love our teachers, even though sometimes they can be telling us to do lots of work, and to do our work with honor, to honor Jesus through the work that we do. And all of a sudden, we take our school life to the next level. All of a sudden, Jesus is with us and he makes school so much better when we rely on him. It's not just about having fun with our friends. In fact, Jesus says, bring me with you in the school and that's how you're going to get the most. I will help you. Now tell me, can you remember what our story is about this morning? It's about two things. They both begin with B, but, but yeah, go ahead. Do you want to shout out? The boat and the breakfast, fantastic. So Dan has thought about the boat and how Jesus came along and made all the difference to his followers in the boat. But now, what about breakfast? Did anybody here have breakfast before they came out this morning? Anybody? Some people are very non-committal this morning, I have to say. Maybe a better question, did anybody not have breakfast before they came out this morning? Anybody will? Oh, I see, one or, one or two, yeah, okay, that's, that's not good for you. Sure it's not, but sure, that's what sometimes happens. Well, tell me, what did you have this morning? There's going to be a few things come up on the screen. Is there anything maybe from the screen that you had this morning or something different? What did you have? Shout out. Ben, go ahead. Cereal. Cereal, okay. Any? More cereal? A pancakes, okay. Oh, oh, a cuppa was that? Fantastic, my goodness. The pancakes were a bit moldy in our house, so Sarah wanted pancakes, but she wasn't able to have them. What did you have, Sarah, instead? I don't remember. Muffins, oh yes, that's right, I made that, of course. We're blessed with lots of different things that we can have for breakfast, and we should thank God for those. And we know the difference a breakfast makes to us. It gives us energy for the day. It makes our tummies full. It gives us a, a good start to the day. And if, if you didn't have breakfast before you came out this morning, lots of clever people tell us that that's not such a good idea. So maybe try better tomorrow. But we left this story with Simon Peter and his friends. They had full nets of fish and Jesus had made the difference. And there were so many fish in our story I think there were 153. That's, that's more than the fingers I have on my hand. And G Jesus provides so much more for the disciples than they need. I wonder if the disciples remembered other times when Jesus had done miracles, when he fed 5,000 people with just a few fish and a few loaves, and there were 12 baskets of leftovers. 
When we come to Jesus, he doesn't just give us what we need. He gives us so much more. It had to be a miracle, didn't it? And it made Peter stop and recognize Jesus' love for him. I wonder, where have we been able to see God's love for us in the past year? Because it's been a hard year for all of us, as we've mentioned. Perhaps a worrying situation has turned around, or maybe we later heard that something we'd been praying for happened, or maybe somebody came and and helped us out when we needed it. Maybe we received a gift. It makes such a difference to know that someone cares for us, and God cares for us so much. But you know, boys and girls, there were so many wriggling fish. I can't imagine trying to pull in a big net with all those fish wriggling about everywhere and flapping about all over the place. I can barely hold one if I ever catch it because they're so slimy and horrible and and flap all over the place. But Simon Peter wasn't thinking about the fish. He was thinking about the man he could see on the beach. And when he heard his friend say, it's the Lord, he put on his cloak and he jumped into the water And he was really mad keen to get to see Jesus. Now, these disciples had been out all night fishing. They were probably pretty cold. They were probably pretty tired. And they were probably pretty hungry. But Jesus has a fire for them. He has fish for them. Jesus didn't even need the fish that they caught. He already had fish on the beach cooking for them. He'd provided for them because he already knew what they needed. But even so, Simon Peter and the other disciples had to fetch the net of fish because Jesus asked them to bring it over. And he said, come and have breakfast. But boys and girls, do you notice what happened at the breakfast? Jesus knew what they needed and he could have just given them a breakfast and then left. He could have just given them what they needed and then got on with doing something else. But he didn't do that. You know, sometimes I work in this building um, and I work over dinner time and I get a bit hungry and I go to my phone and I open up Deliveroo and I look and I see what nice food is nearby and a delivery driver very kindly, he wouldn't be able to do it at the minute, but he comes up Ravenhill Avenue and he leaves it off at the door and he goes away. He gives me what I need to have a nice dinner, but he goes away. He doesn't stay and have dinner with me. But Jesus didn't do that. He wanted to be with his disciples. I wonder if you realize just how much he wants to be with you too. It's not just that we can take Jesus to school with us and and then he kind of leaves us, but he stays with us and he's always with us. Jesus said to the disciples, come and have breakfast. Come and enjoy my company. Come and be fed and nourished in love. And then the final treat for them when they were having breakfast with Jesus was to see him break the bread. Do you know, I wonder if they remembered back again to when he broke the bread when he was feeding those 5,000 people or maybe at the last meal they had together before he died. So they didn't have to ask, who are you? They knew it was Jesus. The breakfast reminds us that Jesus wants our company too. The boat reminds us that Jesus can help us wherever we go, but he doesn't just help us, he stays with us. He gives us the same invitation to come to him, to enjoy his presence, not rushing away. And as you go back to school, and as many of us go back to different things, work and university, and as church life returns a little bit more towards normal again, 
We want to pray together that you'll know the same loving presence of Jesus going with you. And as families, we hope and pray that as things ramp up and return to normal, that you'll take time to enjoy Jesus together. One of the best ways that you can enjoy his presence is to pray with him, just simply to talk to Jesus. And no matter where we are, whether you're in the playground or the classroom, if you're on your way to school, if you're at home, if you're at church, if you're at university, if you're anywhere, you can talk to Jesus. And we're gonna do that just now as we pray for all of you and all of us as a church family at this time of year. And Emma's gonna come now and lead us in prayer. Thanks, Emma. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for every child and young person in our church family. We pray for those who are starting nursery, primary or secondary school for the first time, as well as students just starting college or university. May they know you care for them and are with them. May knowing that they are going back to school with God help them settle in quickly. We pray, Father, that our schools will be places of learning, creativity, encouragement and discovery for our young people. We ask that your peace and joy would fill classrooms, playgrounds and lessons. Help them with every difficulty. We also pray that extracurricular activities might safely resume and that through them, pupils will grow in skills, understanding and friendship. Father God, we pray for our head teachers, teachers and support staff who work so hard to support their pupils. We thank you for the support and encouragement they give us. We ask that you give them wisdom for the year ahead. We pray for those in our own church who work in schools. In challenging moments, please give them patience, energy and a sense of your presence. Guide them by your spirit. We pray that the staff room would be a place where words of encouragement and hope are spoken. Father God, we thank you for our service this morning. You are trustworthy and faithful, generous and kind. You are faithful even when things don't always turn out as we would want or imagine. Thank you for your incredible love. Forgive us when we doubt your goodness and wander far from you. For times we think we know best and don't listen to you. We are sorry, Lord. In our disappointments, feelings, fears and worries, draw us close to you. We pray for those involved in education. We pray for those in positions of leadership and influence who make decisions at a local and government level. We pray especially for Christians who serve and work among them, that you would protect them, that they would lead with integrity, that they would be influencers for good and work in a way that reflects and honours you. We pray for those who serve on parent-teacher associations and boards of governors who have important decisions to make. May your Holy Spirit guide them. Going forward, we pray that assemblies, SU groups, and other Christian support might be allowed to continue. And through them, may many young people explore the Bible and find out who you are. We pray for wisdom for our own church family as we support our local schools. Lord, please stir us to compassion and stir us to action. Please help us bring encouragement to our children and teachers, both practically and through ongoing prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.